If I was ready. If anybody has a hidden immunity idol and you want to play it, now would be the time to do so. The queen stays queen. He said Russell Feathers. Did you do that? Yeah. I'm supposed to talk glamour to you. We have ranked bananas all the time. Dude, my prize isn't even a million dollars. My prize was that I, I, fell in, I, I fell in love in this game. Love at first sight. Her name is Candy. You officially go down as the dumbest survivor ever. Welcome to Not Game. All personal. Hey, we are a survivor podcast here to talk about all things survivor, more specifically the events of this week's episode. I'm Nathan. This is Tony. Tony, I you you better be wearing a seatbelt. That's all I gotta say to you. I'm wearing a seatbelt. Let me tell you, I am I am so so ready. That are was you- yeah, are you are you are you well? I was gonna say, are you gonna be a driver or the passenger for this episode? Or should I should I be drive or do you want to be the fifth person that's just like hanging on? I guess I don't. Oh, I didn't understand man. that. That's uh, that's where the analogy lost me. <laughs> yep. No. It, honestly, I think it's a very good analogy. Up until she added that, and it was like, man, that was, and she like interjected herself. She wasn't asked. She was like, oh, I, this is gonna bring the house down. Everybody's gonna love this. She, she like brought it back. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. and also to bring back that analogy that we talked about two minutes ago. <laughs> and then High was the one that like actually dropped the part of the analogy that everybody's like, ooh, ooh and everybody was super excited. Yes, it was, a, it was a good analogy. But yeah, we got we got stuff to talk about. It was a um, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, there was a lot of things that went down. Reward challenge more advantages uh, thrown into the game um, immunity challenge tribal council yeah a lot to get to um, so I think maybe we should just start at the beginning and make our way towards the end um, what were your overall thoughts on this episode do you enjoy it as someone who literally just stopped watching it what five minutes ago I was really enjoying the episode and then it just made me really really sad at the end because of the results yeah Yes, <laughs> that was a bummer. Like, if if we let off the episode like you usually do, and you're like Tony, how you feeling? I was gonna be like, I'm sad. That was gonna be that's gonna be how that was gonna be how I was feeling. No, I'm with you. Um, I mean, say it up at the top. Chanel's gone, and I think yep. we. I, I think we were both starting to warm up to her. I, I can't I've remember been on her for a couple weeks. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't remember how much I what I said in the past couple episodes, but even last night I was watching with a friend and mid episode, I was like, yeah, I I like Chanel. Like, I just like, I was just very Mm -hmm. vocal. Like, yeah, I think she's like, I really enjoy her. Um, And so that, yeah, it definitely hurt saying that the same episode that she would get voted out. Yeah. That's exactly what happened last week with Lydia. I was like, I think I might start to like her and then gone up out of here. Well, yeah, the one thing that I didn't like is when she said early in the episode, and we'll get to it in a second, but she said she's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. If you feel like that's the reason that you're doing poorly, like you're not you're not where you need to be mentally in the game. Like you don't understand what's happening. Sure. Yeah. And there's yeah, there's a lot to kind of dissect because I think there's like multiple reasons for why she did go home, um, which is interesting. I think like there were several different people that wanted her out and it felt like they all wanted her out for different reasons, whether it was a personal vendetta, whether it was like strategic, uh, keep your numbers, you know, it was like, like that doesn't always happen. Like typically like when there is like an alliance that votes someone out, it seems like there's like a consensus of why they're doing it, but it seemed like everyone had their own motivation, um, which was 
I, I, I kind of enjoy because I mm-hmm. think like we're seeing a lot of different gameplays here. Um, and this season's a season's a fun one so far. I felt like it was mostly to appease Mike. I think that's what it was in the end for a lot of them. Oh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like Mike, I think. I think he's fun. I think he's a good player. Well, an, an, a fun I'll, say, player I'll save my thoughts on Mike for when it's more. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, well, should we? Do we start at the top of this episode? Did you take the notes this I week? I think that's the best did, way. How did you? I did take decent notes, <laughs> even though I was working. Um, yeah. So it starts out, and it's basically Tori, Chanel, Romeo, and Marianne are all on the outs. And so my first question was, what the heck did Romeo do? Um, and it just boils down to Romeo just being super paranoid and being super nervous about what's happening, which is a, a theme throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the classic, just like nothing to do with the game, just nice interactions between people. Uh, Omer letting Mike watch him while he's praying and like kind of teaching him about his religion and everything, which is always cool to see. Like, it's cool mm-hmm. to see people who are open, to that sort of thing. And that's definitely something to push, but yeah. Um, yeah, it just leads off with those are the four on the bottom. It's going to be one of those four. Uh, never, uh, there wasn't a moment in this episode where I thought it was going to be someone outside of that four that was going to go home. Yeah. The, yeah, a couple things. I think like like you said, Romeo being on the outside, that is interesting to me, especially like we saw Drea talk about it a little bit this episode, but I still don't feel like we've gotten a full explanation of why she decided to like not work with him anymore. But yet still kind of pretend like she is because he's still going to her and she's still being like, yeah, no, whatever. Like, you know, but he's like very aware that she's not talking to him anymore. So, like, I just there's so much more that we're not seeing. And I think that's very obvious. Or we were led on to believe that they're much closer than they actually were. And maybe they weren't actually this strong duo like the first couple episodes made it out to be. Yeah, I was going to say we went into this merge knowing that there were two power duos and both of them are disbanded at this point. Correct. So it's wild that they just immediately broke apart. And I think that I think that's what's making this season so interesting is that there aren't solid lines. There, there's voting blocks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that sarcastically, but that's actually what it is. But it's I feel like it's even more blurred than that. You can't break it down to like this specific voting block because everybody's talking to everyone. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that i'm still a little not fully on the same page i think with what the show's communicating to us is mary ann because i don't quite understand why she believes she's on the bottom i think there's more to because okay i think she is like she was not included in that original like large alliance that we saw formed last week and she was definitely one of the names being thrown around However, to her perspective, her original tribe did include her in on the vote and have told her pretty much everything of like what's happening. So she hasn't been on the outside of things yet um, until this vote, which I don't know. We'll get to the vote, I guess, because that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me either. But I don't know. So I think there's more to that, too, because as far as like actions goes, she hasn't actually been on the outside, but she still feels like that. And I think that is true to some people. I think like people like high and maybe others would view her on the outside. So I think there's more to her story too, of why she feels like that. So I don't know if you 
picked up on that too, or if I'm missing something of why she is so much considered on the bottom. I think the big thing is just the fact that when Jonathan was sitting with that group of people last week and they were like, Hey, so we want to get rid of Tori. Yeah. And we want to get rid of Chanel. And he's like, well, I think Marianne would have been next to go on our tribe. I think it literally boils down to that him offering her up and therefore placing her outside of the eight. And now that she's outside of the eight, even though they're not calling themselves an eight and it's not really being done that way, I think feel like it is, but they didn't mention it that eight at all this episode. So that makes me question it. But just him, her being separated from the group, she's now automatically out of the eight. And so that's just, it is what it is essentially at that point. Yeah, no. And then, yeah, I think it's just like the follow-up to that because it doesn't feel like the eight is an actual eight to me, I think. No, I don't think it was ever going to be. I think it was just like, oh, we can hide behind these numbers of eight, this first couple, these first couple of votes. Yes, um, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of the fallout, I guess, of where we start off this episode from last week. Like that is kind of like the dynamic, you know, you just kind of assume one of those four are going to be targeted. Um, and really, I mean, throughout the whole episode, I don't think anyone else was even named like at all. Mm-mm. It was pretty much just those few people. Except Ty getting his name written down by Romeo, which is a weird move when your name is on the block. Again, these votes, dude. I don't I don't know. I don't get it. I wonder if that was a <laughs> test of trust. Like somebody's like, you know what? We're going to go high, right down high so that we know that we trust you essentially. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons. However, we, we didn't get any explanation for why Roxroy wrote down Lindsay last week. So I'm not convinced no, that didn't we'll, even touch on it. We I don't think we'll hear anything about Romeo's vote this week. So I don't think Survivor no. cares to let us know why that is. Yeah, I think Roxroy is a different story because everybody's just very aware that he's he might be voting alphabetically for all we know, honestly. And he might think that the alphabet starts with Lindsay. Hey, we didn't see his other votes. We didn't know where he left off. <laughs> So I have a question for you, and I'm interested in what the answer is early in the episode, even though this feels like an end of the episode conversation. So we have three people on the bottom, right? Or Mm -hmm. four people, Romeo, Chanel, Tori, and Marianne. Yeah. Who do those four need to approach to each of them individually? Who do they need to approach to get pulled back into at (sighs) least somewhat safe a position? Like You know that Romeo can't go to Drea. That's never going to get him anywhere. So who that is in a place of power, would that person need to go to and win over to be protected in some sense? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like for a, a few of them, Omar might be the move because in mm-hmm. my mind, he's the most, and we, we did see this at the beginning of the episode, he was the one who, I, I, I got to be honest, I was a little worried because the way that they were, showing his gameplay of like talking to Chanel and being a large, I was like, Oh no, they're setting him up to be like the person who's talking to too many people. Wasn't yeah. the case could be for future, but that might be not, yeah. planting I, a seed. I did not like that segment at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think like we have seen now two weeks in a row, kind of the vote revolve around him in his conversations with people. So I do think mm-hmm. like, he was the one in a lot of ways that saved Marianne last week. So I think like for her, I think she needs to go to him and really solidify something because I do think he has a lot of sway. Cause I think like you look at these other people 
like Mike, I think is just, he's stuck in his ways. I don't think he's going to sway much. I think he's going to stick to what he says he's going to do. Do you he decided what they did tonight? Mike did. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt so, like it, at least to me, he's the one that fought for it. Like, so if it's between two people are at least going to listen to him. Wait, so are you saying that he would be a good person to talk to or? Yeah, I think, I don't think he's a bad person to talk to, I guess is what I'm saying. I guess Maybe my, not the best. But. Sure. I, I guess I'm saying like, would they have any success? Because if he is so stuck in his, this mm-hmm. is my alliance, yeah. you three are on the bottom. Would he even listen to any of those three? I don't know. And That's I think true. probably okay. similar to high. I don't know how flexible high is. I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we saw how he, stubborn he was about going to rocks and then voting someone out. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's a trustworthy person at all. So I really think Omer is probably like the best bet for most of them as mm-hmm. far as like being a reasonable person that might hear him out. I was mostly thinking that because I was like, oh, who could save Chanel right now? And honestly, I think for Chanel, it might have been Drea. Hmm. Like if she could sure. really win over Drea, I feel like that could have been really good. The only problem is Mike. Mike's hatred of her is just very frustrating. Like, I don't understand it. Later on, he talks about like, how she betrayed him. Oh, yeah, she did. Let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about it. I, this episode, I think I'm over Mike because that was just like so annoying. And maybe it's just because I'm biased because I like Chanel so much, but like, I'm so sick of that. He wrote mm-hmm. her name down in the same tribal, the same exact tribal. And so like, I can understand if he's using this when it comes to like talking politics with other players, you know, like, Oh, she wrote my name. Not. So I want it. Okay. That's great. Use that as your strategy. But like when you're talking one-on-one with the camera and your honest reaction is that she is so she's the most untrustworthy person in the world because she did what I did. That is ridiculous. And I don't know, I was not having it. And I'm so frustrated that like he got his way. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. Like, I almost wonder if it stems from further back. Like she betrayed him by trying, like risking her vote and therefore losing her vote, which then led to Jenny leaving. Like maybe that is the source of like, she betrayed me because that was the first time that he's like, oh, screw Daniel and Chanel. Like, I don't need them. I'm going to go with Hi and Lydia. And so from that point, then when she wrote his name down, he was just so upset at that point that like that was the net that just took it to a whole new level you know what i mean because yeah. yeah he he wrote her name down unless they have a specific reason that we're not told like it's very frustrating that we're not getting the thought process behind some of these votes yeah also it's worth pointing out in a lot of her exit interviews that came out today um she did talk a lot about that and one specific headline i saw was that she like really feels that the edit like bill villain fight villain fighter vilified her vilified vilified (laughs) that's the word um kind of unfairly vilified feels like it should like be that direction (laughs) i mean that's like what it means (laughs) vilified uh but yeah she feels like she was done dirty by the edit and i'd have to agree but i also think the players just like because like and i might just not be remembering things but i don't really feel like she did anything that was like really malicious (laughs) you know like i i think she got screwed when daniel painted her as the person Mm -hmm. like oh she's making me do this 
and then Mike jumped on board, and then High was just also like, like is High forgetting that Daniel and Mike also were the like wanting um, Lydia out that try? Like that wasn't <laughs> it. I don't know. It's very frustrating because like from our point of view, it makes no sense why she should be any less trustworthy than any of those people. And it's very frustrating. I it's to the point where it's like, is it similar to what we saw with Xander where like maybe just around camp, he let, she like lacks the social ability to like, she just comes off incorrectly to these people. And it's a little bit different than Xander because Xander was just like, oh, you didn't pick up on social cues and like you weren't great socially. So that's, Mm -hmm. you. there was that weakness in your game. For her, it's like, I don't know if she's offending them or saying things that are rude or pushing things too hard. It's definitely just like, we didn't see why they're actually upset or they're ridiculous. But the fact that there's multiple people tells me that it might not be that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it... And it makes me like, I don't know. I think she probably wouldn't have done well if she made to final tribal because no. of all these things. But, and, but that's the I only will... saving grace. Now she's just an early merge boot that can come back in an all-star season. That's true. I, I hope season. she does because she deserves she's... a second chance. Cause I think she got a raw deal. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I will say though, I think where her game really could have turned is when she made the horrible mistake of risking her vote the night she was going to tribal, because if she would have had a vote that tribal, uh, it wouldn't have been a tie. Lydia would have gone mm-hmm. home, would have never went to a tiebreaker. Daniel would have never had the chance to throw her under the bus. Um, so I do think that could have been misplay. huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes those don't mean much, but sometimes that literally just that one thing can sink your game. Yes, Correct. Um, but and yeah, I mean, I guess it was also, she didn't know Mike didn't have a vote in that tribal. So that was also just double unfortunate. <laughs> it feels like something they should include her in on if they're all going to be working together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to be fair, this is coming from two people that really like her. So it's, that's what I'm saying. Everybody like, listening, I'm, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> There's like people who like, do not like her. They're listening. They're like, what are they talking? Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm very biased right now because I literally picked her as like my number two favorite person on this season. And then mm-hmm. she goes home. <laughs> yep. Now I have to listen to you talk about Tori the Wait, whole time without they, being able to talk about We'll Chanel. get there. We'll get to my queen. Okay. Uh, all right. So we have that first <laughs> thing and then they go to their first challenge, right? Let's, let's go to that now. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. If you hate Chanel, we'll talk about her a little bit less going forward. That was like the analysis of her as a player. Right. And so correct. we won't go that deep anymore. Don't worry. So they go to the challenge. Uh, it's just like last season where you draw a rock um, and whoever is left out, then they get to go sit on the sit out bench and get an advantage. If um, they find it. If they find it. Oh, Jeff's going to be mad if they don't, uh, which I have a note about Jeff's. He had like three this episode. I felt like. Little yeah, he's really picking he it up. Us. Does he think we're getting dumber as the show goes on? Yes. He's just like these these people need my help. They they do not understand what's happening in the show. <laughs> I don't care about a sneak peek of Jeff hiding things. I care about like seeing the camera crew and where they are during challenges. I don't know. Like, that's I, fun to see. Every time, every time I see an advantage, I always ask myself, like, I need an origin story. How did that get there? Who was the you one know, that placed it? What's the backstory? There's some that I would be interested to see. Like, I don't know, maybe a hidden immunity idol or 
a jar full of paint. Like that would be fun to see, hypothetically, of course. Anyways, so they get to the challenge. Marianne gets the gray rock. Okay. Um, yeah. And immediately Drea offers to switch. And based on her uh confessional, like she she wasn't trying to get an advantage. It was literally she just doesn't like PB and J. So she's like, it's useless for me to participate. Yeah, no, I thought it was a uh advantage aside also just a good move strategically just to be mm-hmm. like yep yeah, i don't i don't need this advantage or not sorry i don't need this reward you know mm-hmm. um so social points for her um have you seen she any... does that twice this episode too worth noting what does she does she steps out of the challenge for the good of someone else or the tribe correct yes twice which is so always viewed as like a big no-no but it seems to be working for her so far I think it depends. It depends on how much of a, yeah. It helps having four. I think she, advantages. yes, <laughs> having four <laughs> advantages now. But I, I think the way that she does it, like, I don't think, I think it's working in her favor. Like, I don't think she is too, like, showboaty about it. It's just an honest, like, I don't like peanut butter, so here you go. Mm-hmm. And it's very sincere, you know, where I think, like, when Xander did it last year, it was it was much more like a, <laughs> you know kind of a spectacle um you think it's taken differently by everybody this season yeah i think so or do you or do you think if you put drea in that tribe and she did the same thing i mean that's true it might have to do with the people involved you know the Mm -hmm. ones that are watching it happen we're also Um, talking about the one of the least socially aware players ever apparently so correct (laughs) according to the rest of the tribe but I think, but again, like when we saw Xander's confessional, that was it. He's like, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this move to like get in with them, you know? And that wasn't her motivation at all. Like she was mm-hmm. very sincere about her reasoning. And so I think that that can show, like, I think people can see that, you know? So like the mm-hmm. people who can tell like, oh, this dude's just doing it because he wants us to not vote him out. Whereas like, oh, wow, that was very nice of her. That a very logical thing because you don't like peanut butter, you know? So I think, I think I really think that's the difference. Sometimes I like to picture if Dr. Will was in that situation and he'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. And then as soon as Jeff's like, all right, you, you switch. And he's like, yes, I get an advantage. And you see him like run over and like be super crazy while he finds the advantage. I could see him doing something like that. <laughs> sure. It's very amusing to watch him like dancing over there. Like I got an advantage. Have you, um, have you probably not but the there's a couple posts on the, the the good old survivor facebook group that we love to talk about uh wondering if the show's rigged because uh drea last week called that the hourglass twist would um make the immune people not immune and vice versa and she also knew that there'd be an advantage on the sit-out bench this week so do you do you buy You're that conspiracy dumb. that back-to-back weeks drea called what the twist would be I mean, you're dumb if you don't think that there's going to be something at the sit-out bench. Like, that's just Survivor. If you don't know that, you don't watch Survivor. That's just the reality of what that is. Her predicting the the thing, they are probably sitting there guessing for hours, and she just happened to be the one that said it right. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't think it was like, hey, I have a theory. It's this. And then that was end of conversation. I don't think it was that. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I think it's right just, for what's worth. Do you? I think she's going to win the whole game and we're going to look at this moment and be like, this is when the producers helped her out. Yeah. Because clearly, clearly her calling the hourglass twist positioned herself better to win the game. Like clearly that helped her. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Stupid. Um, so they do the challenge. A couple notes from the challenge. I don't know if you have any. Lindsay keeps pace with Jonathan, like for that entire first stretch. So this is uh, Tony talking about how fast Lindsay is. That's that's what this second yes. brand is. So she's very quick in the water. Uh, otherwise, Omer is kind of a bucket like he was just nailing those shots right away i was i was like oh oh no is he about to win this and then as soon as he missed one i was like oh no jonathan's gonna be the golden boy we're good yeah i mean like the fact that jonathan had to get five in a row his first five in a row to win and he did it like uh, like there's nothing more omar really could have done he got four in a row yeah, and he he just missed like I, I think, think like he missed two. Or three. two. Yeah. yeah, and it was, and that was like enough enough time, enough of a window. Jonathan, like, it's so bad for him to do so well in those because he's not that good at individual immunity challenges. Okay. He just isn't. Yep, you right. Okay, can we talk about Jonathan for a moment? Here's my take. I think he's overrated in these challenges. I'm just gonna say it, and here's why. Okay, you you brought up you brought up two points. Lindsay kept up with him. Omar essentially kept up with him. The -hmm. the two shots he missed that bounced off the rim. Right. We we could account that to a little wind going the wrong way or like a gust that came in like that is such like a small. The fact that Jonathan came from a tribe with those two people. Like that was a that was a strong tribe. I'm sorry. That tribe was good at challenges. And I think what we are seeing uh, and okay, Jonathan came in second in today's immunity challenge. Granted, he probably I think I think the whole challenge probably lasted 2 minutes because everyone dropped immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't hard to come in second place. It wasn't even that difficult to win. It didn't seem like they were out there for hours. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we have seen up until this point in the season is a lot of challenges that cater to Jonathan's strengths. He is mm-hmm. good in the water. He is mm-hmm. very good in the water. No doubt about that. He He's coordinated. He's strong. He's all these things. But I don't think he is like this superhero that everyone's saying he is mm-hmm. because these immunity, like the individual immunity challenges, usually don't cater to those strengths. There's almost no nothing swimming involved when it comes to those challenges. So I don't I don't know how many immunity challenges he's actually going to win on his own. I think mm-hmm. he is a good team player and he knows how to work as a team in those settings. So that is my take. Jonathan is slightly overrated but still probably the best competitor there. Yeah, the one challenge where they're in the water is still the greatest perform single performance from a team challenge I've ever no seen, doubt. I think. Yep. But yeah, I I think I agree cuz I think I mentioned last week like and he said, or somebody was arguing against him. Maybe it was Lindsay. It was like, he's not good at puzzles. He's not good at like, he's not great at balance. He's not bad either. But like he's, yeah. we saw today, he's not phenomenal at balance. He, he's never like he's done a, the puzzle. He, he always yeah. sits out of that part. And when he was doing triangles, he was like, oh yeah, there's four or something. And they're like, I'm at 27. And he's like, oh, yep. All right. <laughs> I'm not doing this challenge. <laughs> I'm not a part of this. I'll step away. Right. Like he's he's not that great at those sorts of things. And so I, I think that's, I think it's very fair. Um, unfortunately for Jonathan, I don't know that that's his perception. 
Uh, I do think that he's still getting like a final boss edit. And if he goes out five or four, that would make a lot of sense. If he goes out and somebody else gets him out, I'm pretty confident that person would win. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he still has a strong shot of going far, especially with his, like, these past two weeks have been huge and have really, I think, benefited him a lot by getting Lydia out and then Chanel out because you do have a lot of just strong players left, strong in the probably traditional stereotype sense, you know, with, like, Mike and Roxroy and, like, a lot of those dudes, you know. Um so I, I think Roxbury his position can't shoot a buoy to save his life though. No, that's true. <laughs> but I think I think Roxbury probably classifies him within that grouping with Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be my assumption. Uh so yeah, I mean I think Jonathan's gonna do great, but I I don't know. I think like again, we just saw him sink five baskets in a row. So it doesn't really help my case. I'm just saying I don't think he is like I think he can be defeated. Bold take. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, the fact that he made five in a row is impressive. Uh, you're, you're saying, you're not saying that he's the best we've ever seen. You're saying he's still above average, right? I, I think he's way above average. Okay. But I think, but I think not... people are overestimating him. I think it's been a unbalanced sample size of what we've seen. And I think it's going to come back around with these, the second half of the season with individual challenges. You think he enters the top tier of competitors like Ozzy, like Joe, or do you think he's like a wrong or two? I think, I think we have to see him win an an individual immunity challenge first. (laughs) That's that's a fair point. You know what I mean? Like people are putting him in that category too, and he hasn't won any. So that's worth noting. Yes. So I think. I absolutely think we need to see this play out. And I think people are jumping the gun on calling him the best competitor ever. Because of, I think you're uh, fair. I think that's fair. I, because I of a water doing challenge. it before the merge of his debut season is too early. I think I was a part of that try or that crowd that said that. And I stand. Uh, so by was it. I. Yes. No, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. But anyways, Jonathan's team wins. Um, it's Jonathan and some other people. I don't think it actually matters to name. Uh, Chanel, Mike, Roxroy, and Tori. Okay. Um, (laughs) He don't care. (laughs) No, not even a little bit. They all get to eat. Cool. Whatever. Um, which actually maybe that affects the immunity challenge. Uh, but Drea gets the beware advantage. Um, they go back to camp and shows them eating and being excited. He talks about how he eats 5,000 calories a day, you know, man Mm. stuff. Um, I'm not that I shouldn't have said that. Uh, and then we get to the interesting part, which is Drea gets yes. her, her beware advantage, which is she finds out where the idol is. No, not idol. Uh, it ooh, let me look it up. Oh, it's the knowledge the is power. power. The knowledge, knowledge is power, is power. Yep. <laughs> which is interesting. It was one of my favorite moments of last season was when the knowledge is power happened. So I'm excited that it's well, happened. your favorite moment was when it failed. Yeah, but when it was you, like yes. that, that that has the opportunity to be awesome when it's used incorrectly. Um, so she goes and gets that. Everybody watched, so I don't know why I have to explain all of it. I love the red-handed thing. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think if somebody yep. had walked up and she just had a really red hand, like watching her try, even trying to watching her try to explain away the red on her arm was fun to watch. No, I I completely agree. I think I want to see more just 
goofy stuff like that. Like just the pun of it, you know, caught red handed mm-hmm. is so funny. That mm-hmm. is so clever. It's so it's, good. I I think that's such a fun way. Like, cool, you get this advantage, but also <laughs> you you get like it comes with this, you know, curse or whatever, which is such a dumb curse. And I just like, why didn't she wash it off better? Why wouldn't you double triple yeah. check? <laughs> Well, like you're running water over like this, you're not like I can understand your. Why didn't she go straight to the ocean? Because people were probably out on the shore. You don't know my favorite part of this whole red-handed thing was. What? Later on, you see when I think Omer is talking to Jonathan, and they're talking about potentially switching to Romeo. Jonathan has his like hands behind his head, laying on the ground, and his hand has a bunch of red paint on it. So either he found the red paint deposit that she left or he was actually painting the flag i like to think that he found it he's like mm, what's this and just sticks his hand into it and therefore he's caught red-handed and it was just it wasn't mentioned it was just there and it was very funny for me i mean you have to wonder because like how how soon did the producers go and clean up that red paint or was yeah, yeah was it left there for hours or like because it was spilled and... everywhere too right and so like there is going to be residue that could be potentially seen. So, like, if anyone catches on, they're gonna be like, "Hey, there's a lot of like red paint just around the water well. <laughs> something, something happened." I think the re- I think they have to leave the red paint there at least for a couple days. Because we will see. We'll talk about it right now. Tori catches her. Catches that the paint's there. Oh, we already mentioned that. Like, and then Tori is walking around, and then somebody's like, "Hey, yeah, there was this tube of paint by the water well," and then Tori can piece together more. And that, like, that's more interesting. I think if they clean it up right after Drea leaves, that's lame. Yeah, it makes me want to, like, want them to do other weird things. Like, what if there was actually no advantage, but just in a future season, they leave a bucket of red paint just to cause some paranoia around camp? Yeah. Like, that'd be so much fun if the producers did have more of that. So, like, nothing's actually happening. You're just, like, planting these seeds and, like, people's like, guys, I think something's going on. I think I think some, someone's, someone's up to something fishy. I don't know who and I don't know what, but look, at there's red paint. So, like, something must be happening. They feel like they give you a clue and any wrong tree is like red paint or you just reach your hand into a tree looking for something and it's just like paint every time. <laughs> <laughs> just every tree is filled with paint except for the correct one. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, funny because this is the second time we've seen red paint in some format because the first episode when they had to like cover themselves in like blood or something. Yeah, that's dumb. And then they just overdid it. <laughs> They're just like, okay, let's yep. like just dump it on each other. <laughs> yeah it's like there was there was no rule for how much you had to put on yourself you know that right Mm -hmm. yeah it's tough because it like it probably was the best lie drea could have came up with it just was but unfortunately it sounds like she was making a fake idol or something do you think she could have gotten away with the blood excuse if she did just feel like like it would be like oh my gosh you're bleeding and then she's like oh what and then you look and that her skin she's just fine like that? No, that I don't think you get away with that. I would have like grabbed my arm in pain and just run off into the woods, like ah, it hurts, and then you know, so that way they yeah, couldn't get maybe. a look. No, not a good plan. <laughs> I thought no, I'm not gonna say that. Um, yeah, so that all happens. Uh, moving forward, or did you want to have more you wanted to say on that? Nah, big fan of red paint. That's all. Cool. Um, on to the immunity challenge yes the first note that i have is very important okay is the first when jeff was explaining 
everything. Did he refer to himself as the monster? Uh, <laughs> so I did talk about this again with my friend that was watching with me. Uh, that's what I thought. My friend thought it was the the show or like the season, like the survivor as a whole is a monster. So we had two different interpretations, but I thought it was Jeff as well. I see. I think his in his or her interpretation, I guess I don't know who you're watching with, is probably correct because they've referred to like, oh, this 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 season's gonna be so crazy. There's gonna be so much like risk involved and it's gonna be like a monster. Like I feel like they've described it as that. But boy, did it seem like Jeff's like, oh, we'll see what the monster does in the future. Like, hey, I'm not going to always settle for four. See what the monster does next, you know? Like, it just <laughs> was the lamest it, thing. He, he said something said. about, like, the monster's appetite or, like, the monster's hungry, right? Or am I, did I mishear that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was it. I think that was it. <laughs> God, I just, I don't understand. So because last season, that was part of the promo. It was like, there's a monster coming. And it was like, I don't know why they just they've been like half committed to this bit for like the past two seasons. Like if yeah. you're going to talk about a monster, just go all in and make a monster, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like this just like once every five episodes, they'll make a comment about it. It's like, why? They're probably scared if they go too all in with this idea of a monster, it's going to feel like lost or something because there was like the black smoke or whatever and lost. I, you, the second you say monster on an <laughs> island, that's what you think of, of course. Like, what are you... <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, if you no, have I'm more, done. No, I'm okay. no, I can't. Okay. we'll restrain ourselves a bit. <laughs> so, uh, it's what exactly what they did last year. It's like, okay, you cannot yeah. participate, and you get one helping of rice, or if a certain amount of you choose to not participate, then you um then you get four days of rice which is good like that's very very valuable for the whole tribe so he tells them to start the negotiations they start at two he goes to like eight i think which is crazy um and it did honestly for a second i thought they weren't going to go to four i thought they were going to like stick at three and be like no three is enough and it's like man give up four uh yeah. so they finally say that four would be enough Lindsay andrea offer up themselves up immediately um, right who is it drea i think makes very clear she's like i don't want to do this it's just good for the rest of the about marianne does her speech i think marianne's being received very similarly to xander last year oh can you hear me okay yeah you like you broke up for a second, but I'm just I'm just gonna keep it okay because I think all I the little... content was there. <laughs> okay, cool. I got a little thing that said internet connection unstable, so I was like, oh, is he frozen? Um, and then I feel like Omer was the hero when he finally stepped up, even though Marianne did this whole like I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it, and put on this like crying thing, and then Omer's like, all right, I'll do it, and everybody's like, yeah, Omer, go, let's go, and everybody was super sure. excited. Yeah, um, I, I I would agree with that. I. I honestly, I think I played into Marianne a little bit more than maybe you did. Only because I think she's right in what she was saying, where 
I think like in her position, I think it's different because it's like if you know you're safe and you're just going to make a big deal about it. OK, then you're just playing for show. But like for mm-hmm. her, she actually is on the bottom and mm-hmm. she knows that everyone else knows that. So I think like, honestly, I, I guess it doesn't hurt to like just point that out and be like, hey, just so you know, like you are all being very selfish because, you know, you're safe. Like you yeah. all know that a lot of you are going to be safe. I don't know that, but I'm still doing this for you. So like, I don't, I don't hate that again. Like, you know, maybe it is perceived like a Xander thing. Um, But yeah, Omer, Omer definitely was like the hero. And I think he handled that the best. Yeah. The the thing is, I don't think you ever want to call people out for being selfish. Like in a political game like this, like that's always a risky move, especially when you're in a tough spot and that's, that can, that can come across poorly. And I think it might've, um, so they do the challenge. Uh, Tori wins, whatever. So after the challenge, yeah, whoa, they, okay, okay. <laughs> we can't, we can't just breeze past this. What I I said everything that happened. Okay, first off, back it up before before we get to the good stuff. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. How mad would you be about the people that drop immediately? I think it was high. Like he barely even stepped on. Yeah. I would be, I would be furious. I think like that's those are the people where you was like. How are you so selfish? You know you suck at this, but yet you're gonna you're gonna like make me sacrifice myself for rice. And I mean, he's he's only one. I think like a lot of them dropped so early, but like those are the people where I'm like, oh, you just I don't know. If only there was a politically correct way to go in on them without ruining your jury management. That's what I want to see done. Yeah. I think everybody should just record roasts in their confessionals every day. And then they just get played to them as soon as they get voted off. That'd be fun. Good idea. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so well, after the challenge. That's no, we okay. Next, right? It's time. It is time. I'll mute myself. You <laughs> do what you got to do for a minute. I mean, what's there to say? I think like actions speak louder than words. I really think which is why speak. I thought we'd just keep moving, but you wanted to do this. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you say? Tori is the best competitor this season, without question. Am I wrong? The best individual competitor on season 42, without question, is Tori. Like, you you can't even argue that anymore. Like Jonathan, who? No. He like the rest of the tribe sent the strongest person. They said, we we nominate Jonathan as tribute to go one-on-one versus Tori, and he couldn't do it. They all bowed out. They said, Jonathan, this is up to you. We need you to come through so we can vote her out, and he couldn't do it. He cracked under pressure. She is the survivor queen, and when she wins another two, three immunity challenges and wins the season, oh. This Facebook group is going to be furious. I they hate her so much, and I am living off of it. I am living off of these comments. All right, I'm done. I'm I'm fired up. Awesome. I love that. That was beautiful. I'm glad that you love her so much. I'm glad that you're so passionate. I'm curious where, because I know you actually like her. I know you're actually rooting for her. But I'm curious yes. where where the excitement for her and uh-huh. the ends and the bit begins. that's what i'm curious i'm gonna be honest at this point i don't know it does not it does not help 
Okay, if we're just going to be completely candid here, episode one, I really thought she had a chance. I liked her first episode. As the season progressed, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to have to commit because I already called it. You know, I called my shot. I'm committing to her. But seeing her win back-to-back immunity challenges, it really makes it less of a bit. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to like not be on the Tory train when I already committed and she's winning. <laughs> so, you know, me, I I'm a person who lives by comparisons to former players. It's never putting that person in a box that they're exactly like this person, but mm-hmm. it's just saying that I see similarities in the way that they play the game or how they're received by their tribe mates. Right. Sure. I do it all the time. So I think the comparison that feels correct for Tori, do you have any guesses who I'm going to go with? Um, Parvati. Kim. Yep, I knew that was your next guess. Um, I gave you a second to get that out. Uh, it's actually Sandra. No. Um, I think that she's very similar to Angelina from David versus Goliath, where... Oh, okay. Like, uh, like mentally and like strategically she's there she knows what she's doing she's paying attention to the right things Drea is scared mm-hmm. of her because she's noticing things and she knows that but I think when she opens her mouth a lot of times it comes off poorly and that's why she's in the position that she's in at this point I do not hate that comparison in the slightest but it's also because I I was a big Angelina fan mm-hmm. it feels like Angelina but is like very good at competition so far or challenges so far yeah, and I also feel I feel like Angelina was probably a little better positioned. I don't ever remember her being like not like on the bottom like Tori is. Where Tori like, I mean, I really think she did have to win these two weeks, otherwise she'd be going home. And now she she voted with everyone, so that's at least a step in the right direction where she was included in the vote. So who knows? Who knows? Hot take. I think players like Tori and Chanel were damaged by there not being a merge or, or a tribe swap. Oh, 100%. I feel like when you're at the bottom of your tribe, tribe swaps are your opportunity to make relationships with other tribes and build yourself back up. Now, you might get screwed. Tori could have ended up on a tribe with Drea, Romeo, and whoever else, Roxroy, again, and then she would have just gone home. But she also could have ended up on a tribe with the entire orange tribe and just joined them. And now she has Jonathan, Omer, Marianne and Lindsay on her side. You know what I mean? So like yes. that, that kind of took away that opportunity. I will always, always vouch for tribe swaps, but so far there are pretty blurred lines between tribes. I mean, they're still there, but people are talking to different people. So it is a little interesting still. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's also worth noting that like, yeah, I mean, because the, the tribe swap really allows you to build a relationship with different people. And like Tori is someone who never got to go like on a summit anywhere with anyone. So mm-hmm. she really didn't know anyone. Uh, Chanel went, got to go with Omer. So that could explain their relationship and how he mm-hmm. was at least talking to her, you know. So I do think like, yeah, it is unfortunate for her that she's going into this merge with people that do not like her. And now those people are working with more people that also do not like her. So what's she going to do? She's going to win her way out. I think I would say tribe swaps generally are the great equalizer. I think that's, I think that's my final take. It gives 
people who are in a bad spot an opportunity to get to a more comfortable spot. It can also screw over people who are in a very good spot and put them in a very bad spot. Like it, it, it at least rolls the dice and it's a reshuffle. I guess that's by definition what it is. So I'm really just stating what it is. So let's, let's keep it moving. Um, in the challenge, did you know, like there's always the two strategies, the one that Tori's doing and the one that Jonathan was doing. Yeah. Where he's kind of like a wider going like straight in stabbing and she's just kind of holding with the ends of it. Do you think a strategy is better well, than the other? Or do you think that was the difference maker? Well, get this. Let me, let me tell you, there was a, there was a we long discussion. On, there was a long discussion on the Facebook group, whether or not Tori cheated because she shouldn't be allowed to hold it that way. She, People she been holding it that way for years. No, no, no. Jonathan, it wasn't fair because Jonathan was holding it different. So it wasn't fair that she won. This is a this is real life, Tony. People are talking. I'm so happy she won to shut down those commenters. Yeah, no, I mean, I think her her strategy was probably more correct because she won. You know, I think it's much easier to hold it in that position because you're using more of your arms and less of just your forearms. So That's she's smart. So much like so much just in your pecs yeah just to like hold like that like that's awful granted he has enormous pecs but we're not gonna sit on that for too long sit on his another pecs. thing to note i don't i don't think i said that uh another thing they added six scrolls to the shot in the dark <laughs> which does nothing right I mean, probability wise it doesn't but hear me out hear me out okay yeah please so, like, explain this to me it there's it goes from 10 there's five not safe to 10 not safe and it goes from one safe to two safe so like probability wise it doesn't make it easier but also there's a part of me that's like if there's more opportunity like there are more chances to grab the safe one there's more i don't know it's like an interesting but thing there's more to hear, grab hear me out okay safe. so works both imagine ways. imagine a spinning wheel hypothetically uh-huh all right and you got a 50 50 shot and it's one person and another person mm-hmm. and it's just cut down the middle one side's blue and one side's red mm-hmm. okay this is not going to be good for the podcast i might ask you to cut it um nope we're committing to it this I is tony know. tony's in the driver's seat i hope you're all wearing your seat belts because this is where he's taking us we got gonna, a wheel a 50 50 wheel we're gonna bail out of that one no we're wheel keep driving there's a part of me that thinks Listen, I know what like, you're what saying. What if you always? But I don't know. No matter what, yes, your chances of being safe is doubled, but so is your chances of not being safe. The hard part is mathematically. I know that it doesn't change anything, and like that at the core of who I am, like that's how I think. But there's a part of me that's like, oh, but there's another scroll in there that you could grab. Yes, but then there's another two, or there's another five not safe scrolls <laughs> i know but like like say say it's stop split into stop two sides. stop looking at this and with the glass half full <laughs> no there's more of a chance why else would they do it if it wasn't more likely this way if you if you are are you if you're suggesting that survivor somehow always makes sense with their twists then i am i don't want to burst your bubble Every single twist that they add to the game <laughs> makes sense and is better. Okay. <laughs> we'll just, we'll move on. We'll accept that survivor knows what they're doing. The producers always have a plan. 
Is that what you want to hear? I just really enjoyed, enjoyed that silence after you said that. <laughs> I will not burst your bubble. And then just nothing for like four seconds. No, here's what here's what it is. Is they don't know how math works. That's all it is. The only part is I do know how math works. It's still in my head. It's like, but there's two scrolls. But the only reason you're thinking that is because they changed it. So you think because they changed it, they must have a reason. Because why would they change something no. that doesn't actually no, make a difference? No, that's not where it comes from at all. I just can't explain where I'm coming from in a, a, an auditory medium such as this. All right. Well, we'll release a video on your YouTube page. I was going to say, like, everybody write go it on up, Nathan's YouTube page. Draw it up for me. Like, make a chart. I'll hear you out, but I don't think there's any world where that's true. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll talk after this and we'll figure it out. Uh, so they go back. Uh, Tori's safe, and it starts out. Mike is shooting for Chanel, obviously. Um, and Chanel, her first reaction, I think this is where she no, she said that earlier. Never mind. But Chanel's like, hey, I'm just gonna like lay low and not freak out because if I freak out, they're gonna for sure go after me. Not a bad move. I was hoping it would work out. Um, so she's told Romeo is a fake vote. And now that that fake vote is thrown out there, Romeo hears his name and Romeo starts being paranoid again. Um, and basically makes himself a target by by being scared for a long time. So, yes. Um, and then, yeah, we get into the Chanel betrayed Mike. So Mike swings it the other way again. Um, I made a note. I put Romeo is paranoid, but it's well founded because he's correct. Like his name is getting being thrown out there, and then I put a note. He yeah. taught Drea well because remember when he was like, "I'm going to take her under my wing and teach her a survivor," <laughs> and now she's soaring past him. Yep. <laughs> How's that for and a? So wing? the student becomes the master. Uh, yeah. I, what, I, what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you said. It's hard to like find what romeo is doing is like paranoid or frustrating or whatever because like yes he is correct and i hate to use this term just because i feel like it's i feel like it's often misused um and it's very just pop but like gaslighting right like that's pretty much what they're doing to him is it's yeah. like it's like oh you have nothing to be paranoid about stop it why and they're, they're mad at him for being paranoid but like he has every right to be because they are saying his yeah, name. He's not wrong. I feel like especially I don't know why high stuck out to me, but I feel like high, especially like when he was told like, Hey, Romeo's freaking out. He's like, why is Romeo freaking out? And he was like mad. Like he is furious mm -hmm. that Romeo is like talking. He's like, Romeo, stop playing survivor. And it's like, what are you we're like? No, you don't understand. They're betraying him by doing that. You know? It, yeah, no, it is according just to like, Mike, at least. And I think that's why some of these people are starting to like frustrate me is because they, there's such a double standard where it's like, they're, they're allowed to go behind their backs and talk about them and like vote them out. But it's like the second that Romeo starts talking to people, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to people about who you're voting for? <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I am bummed that Romeo didn't go though. Cause I think that would have been, better for me and for my entertainment um i, I mm -hmm. thought chanel played it as good as she could have especially because it seemed like they were annoyed at romeo's paranoia so like the fact that she did the exact opposite it felt like it could have played off and I, i'm not exactly sure why it didn't 
or maybe the edit like led us to believe that Romeo was never like a real option and they were, you know, I don't know, but it seemed like she was doing well. I don't know. Like, I don't think there's anything she could have done because I think Mike was too much in everyone's head about like Mm -hmm. how untrustworthy she was. And I think it's a bummer because I don't, I don't think she could have done anything different. It's hard because I agree that was her best play. Uh, But knowing the outcome, trying to get somebody in her corner to defend against Mike wanting her out so bad might have helped. Um, It is possible that she was so far gone that it was, it was inevitable no matter what. Um, And yeah, it, it was definitely the play at the time because it almost worked. It was just Mike's absurd hatred of her that sunk her in this situation. Yeah, and I, I will say kudos to Omer again because he definitely stirred the pot when it didn't need to be stirred. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell, zero blood on his hands. And it, it was probably in his best interest to keep Chanel there over Romeo. So I do think there's part of him that like wanted that outcome. Um, but because like essentially, uh, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember the order now of like who talked to who, but somehow it got back to Roxroy where. Um, oh, it was Tori. Tori was the one that told Chanel, or no, Tori told Romeo. So sorry. Tori told Romeo that his name was being thrown out. And then Romeo went to Roxroy to confirm that. And Roxroy's mm-hmm. like, Yeah, I heard your name. And for a moment, it seemed like people were upset with Roxroy because Roxroy confirmed to Romeo. It's like, Roxroy, why did you tell Romeo that his name was being thrown out? So there was like part of me that was wondering, like, could this possibly take a turn on Roxroy? Like, is mm-hmm. he because he doesn't know how to like not tell people stuff um it didn't but there was part of me it was like i wouldn't mind if he went because that would have been satisfying yes exactly you know let, let's keep the guy who's paranoid let's keep chanel i think that's better for entertainment but no they, they did not turn on rock story <laughs> i am annoyed with people that don't like tori and don't like chanel like that just feels like you're being spoon-fed a narrative from cbs and you're just taking that and i don't like that very much just a thought Oh, 100%. Um, I, I, it's just, yeah, it's like when someone has a really strong episode, it's like, I don't know why, but I really like them. It's like, yes, we just saw an episode that like really highlight, like, of course you do, you know? Yeah. Like when like, Homer, like, the, I was like, oh, I think I like him after last week. And it was like, well, yeah, he just destroyed everybody that episode. Obviously, you do. Yeah. And I think we're all guilty of it. It's just like, I, I think you should just like acknowledge it, what it is. Like, they're, they're feeding you an edit. Mm-hmm. You're meant to dislike certain people. And that's that's fine as long as you know, but don't like, yeah. These these Facebook group people though, man, they don't they don't know how to separate it. Gosh, I'm so glad Tori won. Shove it to them. I do have a note of something that Drea said about Romeo that I like rolled back because like, did she just say what I think she said? And she was like, he's been he's been paranoid like a bitch. Like just said it like under her breath and then just quickly <laughs> moved on. And I was like wow <laughs> that's aggressive like what is that crap i necessary i want so bad to get more of their backstory of why they are the way they are in their relationship because i they don't so get suddenly it. took a turn yeah and now she's sitting here in this majority alliance without him with her four advantages and just so who if you can pick a couple if you want. Who has the most power right now in in the game? Who do you think's run? Who do you think's? Oh, here's the question: Who well, do you think 
is in the driver's seat. I mean, I think this episode Mike was, but I don't think Mike will be long term because I don't think Mike has a plan following Chanel. Like, I don't <laughs> think I don't think he's got a step after that. I think that was his game. And he's like, cool, I won. Um, I I think there's three people that I would actually like consider for this. I think Jonathan probably is. I would say I would say Drea and possibly high, but I won't be surprised if high stock goes down after this episode and he doesn't stay there long. Those are my three. Yeah, I think that's fair. I didn't I hadn't thought of Jonathan that way. Um, that was the one that kind of caught me off guard. I think you're probably correct. I think the person that I was thinking, I was thinking Mike as maybe a fourth, if you wanted to include him. And I was thinking Drea, hi, because yeah, people keep going to him for opinions and it doesn't feel like he should be one giving those opinions. And then Omer is the other big one. But when I yeah, think about I, it, I, I would throw him in the fourth. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Jonathan might be in that power position and Omer is just like the one whispering in his ear helping him to make those decisions i mean like if we're using that analogy i don't think omer's in the driver's seat but i don't think he's definitely the navigator i think he definitely has the map out he's directing the driver to me i i I think i also associate like if you're the driver people know that you're the driver and i don't Mm -hmm. think people know what omar's up to okay and yeah as soon as you said jonathan i was like oh maybe he is just the one that's like whispering in everybody's ear yes and I, I don't know how much to read into this vote. Do we want to talk about the vote real quick of where yeah, the numbers absolutely. landed? Because the people that didn't vote for Chanel was Marianne, Omer, and uh, what, wait, oh, Chanel. Okay, so Chanel doesn't count. She voted for Romeo, whatever. Um, but Marianne and Omer both did. Mm. So I... And then Romeo voted for high, which absolutely makes no sense in the yeah. slightest. So I, we don't, and we're never going to know why. So <laughs> it no, is what it is. but I don't, I, I, I can't quite figure out why Omer, Mary and voted for Romeo, unless it was just splitting the vote. But that would mean that the whole tribe was on the same page, except for Chanel. Like the whole tribe said, okay, Omer, Mary, and you vote for Romeo. Is that I, not what was happening going into it though? What, like the Chanel. initial plan, I think that was the initial plan is everybody votes for sure. Chanel. Yes. And so, like, do you think that's all it was then? Was them just covering their bases and having a like splitting it in a way? I find it hard to believe that Omer wouldn't be aware that they were going Chanel. Yeah. That I think that's the only thing. So that makes me think that it's either that or he made that conscious decision, like, hey he could tell people like, I promise Chanel I wouldn't vote for her. And he's playing that card. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine chalking it up to that. I just think it's, you have to figure out what his reasoning was to determine whether or not he's a driver or passenger or none of the above, you know? Cause like if there's an off chance that he was on the outs of that, I don't think that's true, but like, I don't know, maybe. You are muted, sir. This is embarrassing. That was really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> uh, do we like the car analogy? Not really. I'm over it. No? 
Nah, if you like it, we, they, they we can keep talking about it. Today. No, we can keep talking about it. I'm uh, over. I'm I, over high. So if high suggests something, I'm like, nah. Did he suggest it? I was like half listening there. I think he was the one that started it, right? And then he brought up the seatbelt thing at the end, and everyone was like, oh. No, maybe and it was just the so seatbelt thing that he said. Um, I don't know. I think it is a good analogy for like what survivor is and like wondering where you want to be and also you want to be in different spots throughout the game you don't want to just always be in the driver's seat because that that can get you to the end but we're talking some of the best games of ever in survivor when we're talking about people who were in the driver's seat the whole time right yes um and so that's just an unrealistic expectation a lot of times there's not a lot of boston robs or toms or kims you know that's true there's not a lot of them only Three, a few i'd argue um no there's probably more but yeah i just thought it was an interesting analogy and it amazes me that there's still these like new analogies being used and i'm wondering if that analogy has been used in the past i mean i don't know probably not not to my knowledge at least like publicly in the show but i'm sure people have used it before Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's a car. <laughs> I you, know you don't. All right. Who's the who's who's the luggage in this analogy? Marianne. Who how, how far are you traveling? What's the gas what's what's the gas prices? You know, are uh, we talking like 2022 or are we talking you know miss uh, of COVID? 20, 2016, specifically March of 2016. I don't remember gas prices then. I don't think uh, I was driving at the time. Why wouldn't you be? I don't know. Maybe I just took the month off. All right. You, you, don't, so. you don't ever just take a break from driving sometimes? <laughs> Can't say that I do. Uh, what, what else is there with this episode? I think that's just about all of it. I don't have anything else in my little grab bag. In your little grab bag. So how are we feeling? Um, I don't know. Maybe just give out a couple of people. Who do you think? Who do you think is looking good for going into next week? Was there anyone to... this episode that, like, I don't know, is in a worse position than they were starting this episode? Or is it pretty much just we going in and next week it's just Romeo and Toria and possibly Marianne on the bottom? I, I think it's obvious who's in the best position currently, and that's Drea um, by a lot. I mean, she has four advantages currently, and all of them are usable um advantage amulet not as much i guess but yeah there's four there's four advantages for her and she probably has to start using them yeah like you only have so many tribals left until you Mm -hmm. can't use it until they expire and there's two eliminations two votes next tribal which will get things a little bit spicy so that will make things more interesting because you have to spread it a little bit more so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that i think she's clearly in the best spot um that advantage amulet is interesting. I keep looking at it and be like, is that influencing stuff more than I realize? Is that why high is being part of conversations? Uh, <clears throat> I think Omer's in a great spot. I don't think anybody's even considering going for him. Um, Lindsay feels like she's in a decent spot too. I feel like those would be the three. I, I think li- people are sleeping on Lindsay. Yeah. I, I can't say I think she's going to like win the game, but I, I, I have no issue with the way she's going about it right now. It feels like a plays a really solid game and goes out at like five or six. It's my pick, my guess on her. I, I could see her getting idled out. 
Yep. Like she that doesn't actually she doesn't actually go out because people want to vote for her. It's just like almost by default, or maybe she's mm-hmm. like, it's not me, so it has to be you kind of thing. Or the the battle that they tease between her and Jonathan gets real bad. That's true. Um, we didn't even talk about the teasers that it might be an all guys alliance. I think it's pretty clear that the next to go is still gonna be like Marianne or uh Tori or Romeo. Uh, obviously pending if this all guys alliance happens but even then i think it's still just gonna be tori or Lindsay or tori or i i don't Marianne. see i don't see them including romeo within that i hate to say it <laughs> that's true I, I do they need to no probably not you know i think there's enough of them where if, if it's high jonathan mike rocks you know omer maybe you know i think that's enough where like they have the numbers and I think I think it's I think it's more gonna come from this bonding that like Mike and Jonathan had together, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it's gonna stem from. So There's I don't think five of them without Romeo, and then four girls, and then Romeo's. So maybe they all work together to get rid of Romeo that first vote, and then they just have the numbers. Right. I mean, like they're not gonna outward say like this is a guy alliance, you know. So they're probably gonna suggest they should it. it's a little rude not to and then <laughs> and then they're going to get the girls to vote with them for you know so i think it'll just depend if the girls pick up on like hey we've gone home a lot these past couple tribals and see if they Weird. pick up on it yeah because the girls definitely have the power as far as mm-hmm. advantages go well i guess mike has an idol high has the amulet but that's it yeah, they don't have any of the powers. Yeah, so I I don't know why you would want to work with... Why would you want to be in alliance with Roxroy? He's a number that you don't have to deal with. Opinions from? Sure. Other than wanting Tori? Sure. Is O-N the abbreviation for Oregon? O-M? O-N. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Ontario, right? Who are you talking about? Okay. So Marianne and Omer are both from Ontario? Yes, yes, they are. They are, yes, both Canadian. Which is why some people don't think Omer has a chance to win because they don't think it's statistically likely that a Canadian would win back-to-back seasons. I mean, it's not, but he has just as good a chance as anybody else in the cast. That's a real thought. I'm telling you this Facebook group is wiling out this season. That's so stupid. (laughs) Like, yes, that's pro- like it, it would be an anomaly, but there's a better chance of a Canadian winning this season than any other season in history. Also, um, well, Dre is from Canada too. Yeah, there's three out of the 16 or 18. And how many people are left? You said nine? It's about a 17.10. chance. Nope, 17. I mean, has a Canadian something. gone home yet this season? No. Uh, like starting at the beginning of the season, I'm saying I don't know why I started with that. And I mean, Drea, Omer, and Marianne. I I I don't think any of them are going home next week. So yeah, I'd put money on well, Marianne maybe maybe that's just wish. She's obviously the lowest of the three, but like Omar and Drea, I think are going to make it very far. So I unless Omer flies a little too close to the sun. Hmm. Get it? No. Because he's the son of someone, I'm sure. Oh, no, that was a good one. <laughs> All right. We're well, should we call up. it a day? 
That's the best joke I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Bringing the For house down. I love more it. episodes, visit notgameallpersonal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, really. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NGAPPod. That is at NGAPPod. I'm making this is Tony. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time, survivors. See ya.